It's been, what, two and a half weeks since the three of us have sat down to do a pod? Yeah, yeah. it has been a hot minute. Um, just to preface, my voice is not great. I have a cold. If there is any, like... <laughs> <laughs> you can join us in the monotonous crew. <laughs> Fit in more. If you just if you, if you just sound more depressed with the world than you sound northern. You're about at a safe distance here. We don't go in for a hug. Yeah, no, don't worry. I'm I'm perfectly fine being on the other side of the room. Okay. This is one of the few times that sitting on the floor in the corner is preferable. One day, one day we'll get you a seat. Yeah, one day I will have a chair. So get me a table. Hello and welcome to Stiff Upper Lip, the NFL podcast by Brits, with me, Ed Wilkins. Me, Emma Hebron. Me, Sam Wong. And me, Tom Chappell. Excellent. Lovely. So we're recording this about half past four in the afternoon, so the Panthers-Bucks game is in its third quarter right now. It's happening live from yeah. London! Woo-woo! That was all we heard. Yeah. Really? He did the halftime show, which it wasn't really like, I thought, stage in the pitch, he'll like do it from the middle. No, no. They cleared out a row of seats and he just performed horizontally up and down in a long line. Right. It was the weirdest thing. And all you could hear him say was, AJ Tracy, live in London. I'm live in London. I'm AJ Tracy. Just like over and over again. So the first game, because technically we did not cover this, because as we left off in the last pod, you were in the tailgate. Yes. And it hadn't yet happened, so we did not cover it, but... Oh my god, are we about to discuss Monday Night Football from last week? Yeah. Where I was there? Yeah, exactly. That's what we can kick it off with, Tar. Pittsburgh is great. I absolutely (laughs) love the city. It's basically yeah. what I expected it to be, which is just rural America, but in a big city, which is exactly what I wanted. I wanted to see proper America. Yeah. The actual game itself was was genuinely amazing. Um, it was it was weird because like if I was to be that annoying, because I imagine I was very annoying because I was steaming drunk and very loud. Um, if I was that annoying at any stadium anywhere i think i'd probably get like shooed out or like the guy next to me would be grumbling but this is america yeah (laughs) and like it was it was just such a welcoming atmosphere the game itself was everything that i'd hoped it would be andy dalton getting picked off at the goal line by our worst linebacker devin bush getting a sack immediately tj watt playing like a monster bud dupree with the best rush that he's done in his entire career should I give the score? Yeah, go for it. Steelers 27, Bengals 3. Yeah. You can see me on TV, by the way. I went I went back and, and watched the and watched the thing, and when the Bengals kick a field goal yeah. uh, in the first quarter, I am there to the right of the really? of the goalposts. I'm glad that you got to be there for a winning. Yeah, the, the win. The win, the yeah. The win. I mean, that, I think that probably brings us on to the latest round of fixtures. Seahawks 30, Rams 29. Uh, me and Ed got Seahawks, you and Sam said Rams. Yep. What a game. Russell Wilson is an icon in oh, yeah. his performances right now. and yeah. He's making such a strong case for everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, and Tyler Lockett's touchdown catch was utter insanity. I like how Joe Buck was like, oh, and Russell Wilson throws it away, seeing like nothing <laughs> open. And then Tyler Lockett <laughs> catches it and he's like... A touchdown! <laughs> Except he didn't have that level of enthusiasm. I wish he did. So they said it was right. it was the most improbable touchdown of the last three years. I so agree. There was only a six percent chance he would catch that, and he and he did. Yeah, he was uh, 0.6 meters from the sideline and 1.1 meters from the back of the end zone. Beautiful. And the pass legs. was thrown a meter outside of the end zone radius, so he leapt to catch that. I love me some good statistics about distance. (laughs) (laughs) Also, the Rams, their misfilled goal attempt. How brutal. Yeah. He'd made a 47-yard kick that game. Yeah. And this one was 44 and he missed it. Greg the Leg is is up there in like the top five kickers in the league and it surprised me. It did me, but on balance, the Seahawks deserved the win. Yeah, it surprised me, but I wasn't like shocked that the Rams didn't win because they didn't deserve it. The Seahawks have been a revelation 
so far, mostly because of Russell Wilson playing. As though he's having a breakout year on his breakout career. Like, it's as though he's just decided that he's going to have, like, an unbelievable year by Russell Wilson standards. And Russell Wilson was already a top 10 quarterback, easily. I'd, I'd go on with that. Yeah. Yeah, there's not much else to say other than he's playing ridiculously well. Yeah. yeah. Um, Eagles 31, Jets 6. We all said Eagles. Oh, Luke Fogg. <laughs> Did you see that he didn't take a single first team uh, training drill that week? Seriously? Yeah, they gave all of their uh, first team snaps in training to Sam Darnold, who wasn't going to play because he had mono. But that doesn't really make any no, it sense. Doesn't. <laughs> no, it does not. Actual Luke Falk update. He's been, um, he's been waived. Really? Yeah, the Jets have waived Luke Falk. So there's that. that who's their backup then? I think it's David Fales. Right. It's not positive news. It's not positive news. I don't get why Luke Falk... Is, I mean, he was garbage, but like he was the, thrust into it. The Eagles got 10 sacks and battered. Yeah. 17 QB hits. Like, Is that really entirely on him, though? Oh, God, no. The Jets O-line is poor. They, didn't, they only signed him, like, last week, though. The Jets are awful at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm pitching them to come back against the Cowboys. I like how you're the one that doesn't like Sam Darnold, and I'm the one that does. And you're the one that believes that Sam Darnold <laughs> is going to turn around a team that lost six to thirty-one, and I'm the one that believes that he's not. I think it's I just think weird. It's, I just in Where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Have you cut your hair? No. Oh, if anything, I've grown shorter. it. No, it's just. Washed and conditioned. Oh. I actually conditioned my hair. <gasps> I, was gonna I, say, I tend it looks to just nice. shampoo it, but it looks like professionally judged. Yeah, Tresemme. <laughs> Maybe he's born with it. <laughs> <laughs> Tesco is own brand. <laughs> um, I'm glad that Sam Darnold's coming back, but well, it might get Le'Veon Bell actually playing yeah. because they will have a quarterback that can make throws, and therefore he will get some space. Le'Veon Bell has been trying to carry a team a la Christian McCaffrey, except where the Panthers still have Kyle Allen to at least throw the ball. Yeah. The Jets have not. No. Which has made it immeasurably harder behind an even shonkier O-line. Well, this is the thing. I mean, you can look at you can look at a couple of teams. You can look at the Panthers at the moment and you can look at the, the Jaguars and say, are those incumbent quarterbacks going to get their jobs back when they come back? Will Cam Newton get the job back over Kyle Allen? You know, will uh, will Nick Foles get his job back over Gardner Minshew? Yes and no. I think that Cam Newton will get his job back. I don't um, think Nick Foles should. I like I, him. No. Gardner yeah. Minshew's like brought life into that yeah. team. I mean, I, I guess as a Ryan Fitzpatrick fan, we all need the dusting of Fitzmagic and all that. <laughs> <laughs> now Minshew's arrived. He's been overtaken. We do. We no longer need Fitzpatrick. I can transition from Fitzpatrick. <laughs> 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 Weird outfits. <laughs> oh, he's my guy. Did you see that he was wearing jorts recently? Of course he was. There is only one man, well, two men on this planet that can pull off jorts, and the other one is John Cena. <laughs> Panthers 34, Jags 27. Only Ed said Panthers would win. Well, fucking hell, God. I mean, she's still pretty good, but so is. Good. Yeah. I mean. And Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Have you seen the Spanish commentary for Christian McCaffrey's touchdown where he leapt over? I haven't. It's a glorious touchdown. It's a it's an amazing touchdown, but the Spanish commentary is unbelievable <laughs> because it's a little bit like when they commentate on on soccer and they just shout goal. That he just shouts touchdown for about five minutes straight. Like they score the touchdown and then it's just touchdown, 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 touchdown. Yeah, sorry. It's alright, they know we're home. <laughs> well, Christian McCaffrey, on his own, got 237 yards and three touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey contributes to about 90% of the Panthers' offense. Without, without him, they'd be out right yeah. now. You'd be hard-pressed to find a better running back in pass protection. It's, it's weird, isn't it? Like, yeah. damn. 
<laughs> All I have to say is just <laughs> damn. Giants 10, Vikings 28. We all said Vikings except for Sam, who said it would be a tie. <laughs> I think was as much optimism as he could uh, muster. Uh, 500 yards of total offense. Um, Darwin, Cook, Darwin Cook got more yards by himself than the, uh, than the Giants did. This was sort of a must-win game for the Vikings, and they, they managed it handily. Um, pass rush looked great. It, it was one of those wins where, as a fan... I enjoyed it not only because I got to text like mean things to Sam. <laughs> did you actually? Did you did you bully him? He's a giant fan. He's done enough bullying himself. True. Yeah. Sam leaves his day saving baby birds and is met by bullying text messages from you. That seems fair. You come out like the good guy there. <laughs> Single-handedly stopped a beagle choking on a woman's thong and then beaten down by you. Oh. It will, I mean, it like you did play well, but it was against the Giants. So I'm interested to see if that's just another, like carries on the trend of you just being successful against bad teams, or if you're able to still hold that standard up against like the Eagles this week. Was it at US Bank as well? No, oh, was it? Okay, that's yeah, fine. I know, the narrative is that Kirk Cousins only wins at home. So. The Vikings seem to be one of those teams where... In the US Bank, they become a superpower, and on the road, they become the Raiders, but last season. It's true. It's it's a little bit like, um, since Zimmer took over, the Vikings have the third best home record behind only the Patriots and the Seahawks. Yeah. So like, Two famously great home teams. Do you think that the Stefan Diggs troubles are over now? I think that they could rear their head. Are they a... Digs over troubled water. Oh my god! <laughs> what was the joke that you said a couple of weeks ago that was that was infamously bad? Because I think you may have actually topped it with that one. <laughs> it doesn't even really sound like fridge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I were a wide receiver, I'd be frustrated as well. He didn't contribute many passing yards, but the team were a more balanced unit. Long may it continue, because. The Vikings went 13 and 3 a couple of seasons ago when they were a more balanced offense. That yeah. was your prediction for this season. It wasn't my prediction. Yeah, 13 and 3. Okay. So you've only got one more loss. Oh, the Jeeps ones. <laughs> <laughs> you have to win every other game. That's manageable. <laughs> for, for all our listeners, Edward is looking off into the distance and oh. trying not to cry. Well, I'm, aware of, I'm well aware of the fact that you've got Lions twice, Bears once, Packers once, Chiefs once. Eagles next week. Yeah. God. I mean, the Chargers. So you've not got a problem. Broncos definitely not a problem. Eagles, Lions, Redskins. That's fine. Chiefs, Cowboys, then Broncos, Seahawks, Lions, Chargers, Packers, Bears. But the Bears one's not any better. <laughs> I think the Bears is Saints, Chargers, Eagles, Lions, Rams, then Giants. That's all right. Then Lions, Cowboys, Packers, Chiefs, and Vikings are the last three. And the Vikings are at home, and so are the Packers. I'm going to sit here quite smugly now because the Steelers yeah. have got the third easiest schedule. Yeah, by they do. Yeah. Our we hardest games earlier. We were just like silently our, seething. Yeah, our hardest games remaining now because we got all. Four of our toughest games out of the way in our first five weeks and subsequently lost them. But our games now, we have the Bills, Rams. They are our hardest games. And the Chargers are not a hard game. Which means that we have the Dolphins, the Bengals, the Jets. You have got the Colts. The Colts is also a tricky one, but it depends on which Colts show up. If it's the Colts that beat the Chiefs, then yeah, we're fucked. If it's the Colts that lost to the Raiders in an awful manner, then we're fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, the season so far has been sort of predictably unpredictable. Yeah. yeah. Texans 53, Falcons 32. We all said Texans except Sam, who said Falcons. What an unbelievable game this was. <laughs> it was unbelievable if you like offense. Yeah, it was, it was pretty it garbage for defensive performance, except if you're a Texans fan who enjoys the pass rush. The Falcons... Somehow seem to look better against good teams, but still lose. But then against like Nafa opposition, just looks so shonky. And 
that's why I think the Cardinals will beat them because it seems like they play down to their competition, but they shouldn't be playing down to anyone. They're garbage. I'm, I'm inclined to agree. It is, it is it just look, it looks like a collection of individuals rather than a team. Yeah. Because Matt Ryan is playing like a franchise quarterback. Yeah. He, he wasn't for the first couple of games, but he's been fine, serviceable, a good quarterback. The run game for Atlanta is awful. It is dreadful. The O-line can't open holes. No. Well, they're, they're not covering the quarterback at all. They're just letting him get beaten on yeah basically um and they're not covering the secondary either so are we taking a prediction on whether or not dan quinn has a job after this week we talked about it last week last episode who we thought would get fired and ed said jay gruden and i said dan quinn Mm. and i think without jay gruden it's now hit like he is now the gruden returns what's his name gruden gruden it's the same as john gruden yeah they're brothers yeah. Uh-huh. No, they are. No, they genuinely are brothers. Really? Yeah. yeah. Jay, Jay and John Gruden are brothers. Yeah. For ages, I thought they were the same person because I thought they were just saying the letter J. Okay. As in John. So we've had Jay and John Gruden are the same person. Peyton Manning <laughs> is Eli Manning's dad. And um, are, are there any others? I don't know. I'd like to hear who she thinks, what relation David is to Derek Carr. Yeah. I didn't know that the Watts were brothers. How many Watts are there? The JJ and the TJ. Yeah, there's yeah, a third Watt. Who, who's the third Watt? He plays for the Chargers. DJ <laughs> Watt. Is it David? It David Watt? Watt yeah. Oh my god, is it DJ? It's not DJ. He's not DJ. He must be so hurt. Why wasn't he included? Into the... into the. Yeah. Consonant J <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dynasty. Was, like, were his parents not? <laughs> I'm going to check. Yes, Derek John, DJ Watt. Oh my Watt. god, he's DJ Watt. I got it right, suckers. You can take back your laughter because I knew something. I got it wrong. And then and then you just ran with it. DJ. TJ, JJ, and DJ. And then TJ is Trent Jordan. TJ definitely sounds better when his name is abbreviated as TJ because Trent Jordan <laughs> makes him sound like... Makes him such a sound like three British rivers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Trent River. The River Jordan isn't in the UK though. The River Jordan's in Jordan. Yeah. There isn't a river, it's a desert. Moving on. There's <laughs> a river. Jordan, Jordan. Is, is sandy. Yes, it is. But even sandy places have rivers. Not if they're deserts. You can't be a desert with a river. The Nile. That's not in a desert though. It's in Egypt. It's in Egypt. But not all of Egypt. The a Sahara. The Sahara's not in it. Egypt, is it? Yes, it is. I thought it was in Africa. Egypt's Egypt is in Africa. Right, okay. right. <laughs> let's, let's move swiftly on. This is a rabbit hole. <laughs> How far down it do you think we can go? Oh, it'll get to the point where she's like, so Earth is a planet. Shut the fuck off. Did you say shut the fuck off? Yeah, that's mean. <laughs> God, give us another score. SDFL. No, I don't want to now. You don't deserve one. <laughs> we can get our Egyptian correspondent based in Brazil. It's <laughs> just pouring with rain. <laughs> I'm sorry. That that one that last one was uncalled for. Saints thirty one. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Sorry, I'm just thinking about New Orleans based uh, based like desert. No. <laughs> <laughs> They're all like Mardi Gras around a pyramid. <laughs> I think the only NFL desert right now is the Baron Steelers offense. Oh, <laughs> she kept it. It was just too easy. Saints 31, Buccaneers 24. We all said Saints, except Edward. I'm not looking under this pressure. <laughs> The standard of puns on this podcast <laughs> have dropped dramatically. Teddy Bridgewater can play. Who knew? Yeah, so the Saints won. They're the highest rated like team that Ed hates. <laughs> I doubt it. The Packers are probably higher, and Ed hates them just yeah, as much. Say, I don't hate the Packers as much as I hate the Saints. Really. Well, the the dislike for the Packers is more just like a rivalry disdain, yeah. whereas with the Saints, it's more them their moral choices, not the choices of any of the current Saints. I don't think. 
<laughs> I'd like to point out. <laughs> no. For Trump, the reason. Trump fucking hate this. <laughs> yeah. If I went into work tomorrow and paid Tom to beat someone up, <laughs> I would still have a job there, even though it wasn't me doing punching. No, you're right. Titan 7, Bills 14. We all said Bills. Not that surprising. It feels like the Bills are good, kind of in spite of Josh Allen right now. Yeah. That's, that's to be expected. Yeah. Marcus Mariota was beaten into the ground in this game. They sacked him five times. I mean, the Bills' defense is possibly one of the best in the NFL right now. Yeah. Like, it's definitely top five. Certainly the second grade, right over there. Yeah. And that's the thing. When you, when you can cover everyone, that's when the pass rush works. Yeah. yeah. Because that allows Ed Oliver to have enough time to basically just run through and destroy. Yeah. Yeah. Their defence has just been crazy. I mean, the Titans were only able to convert four third downs, and they had 14 attempts. I feel for you, Titans fans. (laughs) I feel for you. I know how you feel. The Titans cut Kairo Santos after he missed four consecutive kicks in their game against the Bills, and they have now signed Cody Parkey who was the the kicker that got us kicked out of the playoffs with the double doinker. So, good luck, Tennessee. Speaking of Spanish commentary, have you seen the Spanish commentary from the double doink? Because I have, and it's just them shouting, no senor, over and over again. It is genuinely even better than the touchdown one from Christian McCaffrey, because he just shouts, no senor, no senor, no senor, for about five minutes. They love it. Um, Bengals 23, Cardinals 26. Ed and Sam said Cardinals. I said Bengals. You said a tie, Tom. I was so close. The Bengals suck ass, I think is the... The Bengals are the worst team with a competent starting quarterback. So I think that that pretty much says it all. Yeah. When is AJ Green going to get traded to a team that's actually going to care? Because the Bengals don't care and they're just ruining this absolute like franchise talent by just having him suck for year after year because his quarterback is garbage, his O-line doesn't protect anyone, and the defence plays about 38 minutes with the football because they're all garbage. You could say that about Gino Atkins. You could say that about Joe Mixon. Like, yeah. The Cincinnati team is a perfect example of a team that's worse than the sum of its parts. Yeah. It does beg the question as well because with the Dolphins, there's definitely a plan behind their tanking. <laughs> the Bengals are tanking because of the fact that they are garbage. There is no plan. I think that being a Bengals fan genuinely at this point is the most miserable existence in the entire NFL because there is no possible future insight that could potentially make this better. You are just going to be perennial 4-12 and 12 at best and you're going to suck and you're going to draft terribly and you're going to end up ruining all of your players' careers because you've got no future and no hope. God. It's not much motivation to carry on. In fairness, though, like, I, can anyone argue with me at this point? No, the Bengals are the worst drafters in the history of the NFL. They're the worst drafters, and, and their fan base must just, like, all just think, like, oh, well, the NFL season's starting again. Just rip their hair out. Time for another 16 weeks of misery, with one week of respite in between. Yeah. Well done on the Steelers podcast, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good account of me. Your account of Emma was slightly less good. <laughs> in fairness, that... was that when he was just talking about how I like outfits? <laughs> right. I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly just just mention here. Simon is a very lovely man, and all of the people on the on the UK Steelers pod were fantastic. Yeah. If you've not heard it yet, Tom appeared on the UK Steelers pod podcast. as a special guest. As a special guest. Yeah. But give them a listen. Um, I mean they're great guys. But uh, Simon made the point when he was advertising our our pod that we're we're less about like the actual analytics and we're more just about like having a friendly chat yeah. and that was where i thought it would be a good in, uh, a good idea to mention about how we do have a friendly chat i, I sold I... sam I, sell, I, I did sell sam the hardest though <laughs> i told them about the time that he was literally googling how to talk about the nfl while we were in the while we were in the middle of recording like that was what that was what I chose to mention for Sam Longdon. And I'm very sorry, Sam, but you I don't know why I'm apologising, because you won't listen to this and you won't listen to the UK Steelers He's never going to listen to this. No, so he's it doesn't not. doesn't matter. Yeah. No. We can say whatever we like. We He'll never so? know. No, we'll hide an Easter egg in it. So, Sam, if you do listen to this, we owe you some beer. Feel free to let us know that you're aware you are owed that. Offer expires 27th of October. 
Are we giving him two weeks then? Two weeks from today. Okay. It'll be up in a couple days. We'll see how dedicated he is. <laughs> I like how we're all now openly discussing how one of our hosts just doesn't listen. While he's not here as well. Like, it was one thing to talk about it while he was on it. But it's another yeah, but thing to now just use it as a proven. plot point. He's not here, is he? No, true. Oh, he's got a, he's got a big veterinary example. As I okay. Yeah, he's like case, saving that's... some like cats or something. He's fixing that's a fair. chinchilla's cleft palate. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. <laughs> yeah. You can record an advert for a chair. That I would like a table. You campaign for oh, a yeah, table. Oh, yeah, because that was one of the things, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Okay, I will record my own advert yeah. for my own table. It's going to be like one of those um, adverts for like UNICEF. Malnutrition, malnutrition children in Africa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is an early deal. There are chinchillas with class. <laughs> also, Tom Chapel wants a table. <laughs> I cannot deny or confirm that the money for spent on chinchillas with class will be used to fund a table. <laughs> for just £3 a month, you can save these chinchillas' lives and also buy Tom a chair. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Please visit http colon forward slash forward slash www.thestifferbulletpod.com forward slash the cleft chinchilla appeal appeal foundation. We're a foundation to appeal to this appeal. <laughs> this podcast has changed. <laughs> I remember in like the pilot episode where we were sort of like a little bit shy and stuff to discuss yeah. things and we were just now we're coming up with entire web addresses. For <laughs> it's like just cleft it palettes of chinchillas. Just chuck it in, I'll work it out later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll make that whole website. Just chuck it in. Yeah. Thanks, Emma. You're welcome. That's my Monday sorted. <laughs> oh, we need to get on to the next game. We've not talked about a game for about ten minutes. <laughs> okay, is everybody now ready? Let's go. Redskins seven, Patriots thirty-three. We all said Patriots. The Patriots <laughs> dominate. Next. <laughs> Let's go. Move on. <laughs> Steelers 23, Ravens 26. The Steelers played well. They played well. And it's just because Justin Tucker happens to be the best kicker in the league. Like, again, the defence was unbelievable. I called it, by the way, I I called that if oh. we got pressure to Lamar Jackson, yeah, that we'd be able to pick him off because he'd panic. What happens in, in the middle of the second quarter? Two sacks and then an interception. And then on his next drive, a sack and an interception. Me and you said Ravens, Tom, and Ed and Sam said Steelers. That's what I get for trusting you. You're... You didn't trust him because you went against what he said. That's true. Actually. Really, you should trust that Tom, of all people, knows the Steelers better than anyone. That's... And if Tom isn't going to pick the Steelers, you oh. really shouldn't. <laughs> I, In fairness, I didn't pick the Steelers, not because I didn't trust that we would win, but I thought that there would be some element of Tucker being amazing because Justin Tucker is amazing and Justin Tucker ended up being amazing. Yeah. The fact that Ola uh, Adenayi uh, has not been fined for his <laughs> with that name. <laughs> roughing the passer yeah. sums up how much of a blatant miss Walt Anderson has actually done there because we were third... Uh, well, it was a three and out. The Ravens were heading for it. It was third and thirteen. They then call roughing the passer on Ola Adeniai, who was at waist height, wrapping the legs in the most reasonable tackling formation that you could possibly find. They call roughing the passer. The Ravens then move the ball an extra sort of eight yards to get in the tucker range after the ball was already moved forward, big yardage. They then score the field goal and take it to overtime. If that play doesn't happen... It's 4th and 13 because they fucked the pass, which means 
we should have not even been in overtime as a result because it's a crappy call. It's a terrible call. It is a it is a bad call. It's not roughing the passer. I'd agree with you. I would say that like it's hard because we'll talk about it in the next game. But there was a similar sort of situation with the Bears where yeah. we had a really bad call that was meant to be roughing the kicker that was not roughing the kicker. Because it was, they then decided to go for it on the drive rather than kick it, and then they got more points, and then it all, it felt like it all spiraled from there. Yeah. Which sucks, but then I would say in a similar vein with the Steelers, it's like, that does suck, and it does feel like the first domino to fall, if yeah. that makes sense. Well, but at the same time, like, the Bears could have played better, we could have won. Oh, yeah. Like, there were... at overtime, you were, like, even... Steven, so you could have... Well, there are other factors in play. Yeah. And Juju fumbling it in overtime was not yeah, great was not at all. Yeah, not a good one. But the defence throughout the entire game had been stifling. The, yeah. then, the defence had actually been that trustworthy that we chose to kick in overtime. Like, to, to have that much faith in your defence to be able to stuff out one of the best offences in the game, and they did it comfortably as well like they didn't get a sniff within our well within tucker range until juju fumbled it in his own half but the fact that our defense had been stifling and again stopped another drive for it to then be extended and another eight yards be added on it just felt it just felt like we did everything that we could have done to win that game especially with the circumstances of mason rudolph getting knocked out in horrendous fashion yeah that Which was wasn't called, by the way. Traumatic, frankly. That wasn't called roughing the passer, but Ole Adeniyi was. I think the worst part about that was the fact that there wasn't a cart available to take him off the pit. No, because it broke down. Yeah, yeah. I saw an article on this from a Steelers fan, a yeah. journalist, and he said, "Bloody hell, nothing in the Steelers works. Yeah. Can't even get a fucking cart to take him off." Yeah, it it was a bit of a metaphor, really. <laughs> yeah. So, I want to ask you a question, Tom, because I've been thinking about this for the Steelers for a while, and I think, I think I've hit upon why the Steelers watching them really annoys me right now. Go on. No one on that team, none of the wide receivers, can like run block at all. No, you're right. None of them can run block. So like when when a player's seek seeking rack like Juju, yeah, there's no one near him. Yeah. And when James Conner finally makes a hole, yeah. There's no one. There's no. There's no threat that there's sort of. There's going to be an empty backfield because the the only instance of run blocking that I've seen from any Steelers wide receiver this season has been ironically in the game that I was at, where Deontay Johnson connects. Well, Mason Rudolph connects with Deontay Johnson, and Juju Smith Schuster basically blocks. I think it was Sean Williams and allows Johnson basically just a free roam to the end zone. That's the first instance of actual. Wide receiver pass blocking. Oh, sorry. There was also another instance when Juju went 72 yards to the house at 49ers. But every time that we actually do pass blocking... It works. It works? Yeah. yeah. I do also have to point out that James Conner's rushing stats have been marred by the fact that our fullback... We're, we're a very power-heavy running game, which means that we don't really rely on bouncing out to the outside and stuff. We, we basically go hard up the middle... And without Roosevelt Nix, who's been out with a knee injury for the past three weeks, it's been hard. It's basically culminated in our run offense looking about as weak and shit as it could have been. I know that you're um, feeling as positive as you can be, I suppose, about Devlin Hodges. About Devlin Hodges specifically. But it is never good when it's October and you're onto your third quarterback. Yeah, but in fairness, the, the second quarterback will be back. It's not like it's a season-ending injury. He's yeah. just he just More misses like a, Mitch a week. Chase situation. Yeah, yeah. He should be back next week. Shouldn't he? Yeah, like he was he was pushing to try and come back this week and and obviously concussion. Um, so he should hopefully be back. And that was one of the worst concussion yeah. hits I've seen in a long time. It's also it, it was just a little bit. The timing of it was just really poor because Mason Rudolph was was really getting the offense going like. It's the past... like they did it on purpose. Well, yeah. <laughs> Unless Vontaze Perfect, I don't think you can purposely concuss someone. Well, yeah, Vontaze Perfect is Vontaze Perfect. He's a 
spunk trumpet wank pheasant and should never be playing the fucking down of NFL football ever again. Okay, next game. Raiders 24, Bears 21. We all thought the Bears would win. And we were there for this. It was so fun. What was your experience at Tottenham Hotspur actually like? Because their stadium looks fantastic. It was insane. Like, it is so good. Is it? Yeah. I mean, what I will say, the, the best part about it was the staff. Oh, yeah. Were they? So we were like... So obviously, um, well, actually, it's an audio medium. We probably don't know. I use a walking stick. So we had like accessible seats and stuff. Yeah. But we literally like... Because I've had a lot of experiences where even though you've got the accessible seats, the venue don't seem to connect that you need like help elsewhere because of that. Yeah. Tottenham Hotspur was like the best experience I've had probably ever. We walked over. A guy walked us to the lift. We got in the lift, we get out, they helped us through the gates, we then got in another lift, then we walked down a corridor, we're already at our seats, two rows down, sat down. Love that. I don't think I queued at all. I mean, I like, that That sums up what yeah. accessibility like, should be for. Like, not everyone's experience will be the same because they don't have the disabled access, but if it was that smooth for us, it must have been like a well-old machine for everybody yeah on the whole i should also point out as well the stadium itself is i mean it looks like a masterpiece it's glorious it yeah pristine they'd like um redone the old dispensary bars oh yeah uh everything everywhere was spotless it was truly lovely just a shame about the result really yes moving on to that um the... i thought you were about to move on to the next oh, game no. when you said that. Like, <laughs> don't want to talk about it whoops <laughs> um so the, the first half was not up to our usual standard from either the defence, which is like a high standard they set, and the offence. Our standard of offence has not been high and they still didn't meet it. It was not good. We were down 17 after the first half. And Edward will tell you, I was not a happy bunny. <laughs> Neither were all of the other bear bunnies around me. <laughs> no one was happy. Who from, from where we could see, vastly outnumbered the Ravens. Well, they did, they, uh, did an interview with... Derek Carr after and he said that this didn't feel like a home game because the crowd was like 50-50 yeah well it's like with the Bucks in this game yeah it's meant to be a Buccaneers home game but because the Panthers are a more popular team over yeah. here it's basically become a Panthers home game well that's the thing like the Bears because of the history a lot of people do support the Bears because technically it's a Raiders home game yeah. all of the pre-game bump was very like Raiders orientated so they had a different Raiders player for every decade Mm. of the Raiders dynasty yeah and in the beginning they would say like during this decade we had and they had like quite impressive stats the closer they got to present day the more it might as well have just been like we caught balls this decade (laughs) and then they had a whole montage about how they were like 60 years old you could just see all the Bears fans sat there like really and then at the end, they did a like twenty second Bears video. It was like the Bears were hundred years old. Moving on. <laughs> but yeah, in the game, the second half, it was like a whole new team. Mm. Mac recovered a fumble from Josh Jacobs. Suddenly, like the second half, it was the Raiders' turn to look like they didn't know where they were or what they were doing. Well, what was that? What was that awful pitch fumble? That's the one I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And then we scored on our next possession as well. Daniel did an amazing touchdown pass to Miller, who somehow got it from Joyner while he was intercepting yeah, he sort of, it. He sort of wrestled it away. Yeah. It was, and then Tariq Cohen caught a punt and ran it 71 yards to the 16-yard line. I think one of the things that frustrated me was that people playing us our defence typically haven't gotten the majority of their first downs. Most time they have one drive and we kind of stifle them into having to punt it. Whereas the Raiders were getting first down after first down and getting all the way down the pitch. Yeah. But they got all the way to their goal line and Ed literally said, you just need a fumble here. That's the only thing you can really hope for. And we fucking got one. (laughs) Like inches from the touchdown line. I would argue we were kind of plagued a bit by the penalties. Derek Carr had, in my opinion, got away with three potential grounding penalties. Yeah, I would agree with that. One, they argued he was out of the pocket when he did it, which he he wasn't. He was in line with the tackle when he grounds it, so that he should have had intentional grounding penalties, and he didn't. And then there was the non-existent 
roughing the kicker penalty that I already mentioned, which led to them making it to their touchdown winning drive. But the the only thing I would say that as well as Chase Daniel played for his two touchdowns, he also threw two dreadful. Oh my god, yes. The very last one that he threw didn't really bother me because we only had seconds to spare, so you kind of think you might as well wait in the pocket, but some of them were not good. Down the one down three with like four minutes to go in the game, and he just catches a will for it looks like he's throwing mm. through safety because there's no receiver near. And some of his passes did amazing. Like he threw a pass. I think the Raiders thought he was stuck at their end zone and he somehow threw this stunning pass to Robinson, who, despite getting brutally hit from one side, managed to keep both his feet in. And it was amazing to watch. But he did have some issues. He got sacked a few times as well. Yeah, the run game was pretty much bottled up, whereas Josh Jacobs had a One thing about, well, that I saw coming into this Bears-Raiders game is that the Raiders were already in London three days before the Bears got there. Yeah. And it seemed a little bit like a a preparation thing. Yeah, I think that was a big mistake. It was like the Bears just didn't account for the fact that there was jet lag. Like, the Raiders knew, we need to get to London early so that we're at least, like, just ready and mentally awake, whereas the Bears got there later Mm. expecting it to not affect them, and it does. Like, jet lag causes issues. I've only just recovered, and I've been back for, like, two weeks. Yeah, Yeah, it does, and... I think that that was a big issue. Yeah. The Bears D-line especially looked half asleep. Yeah. Yeah. I will say the fact that we were able to come back from 17 nothing to 21, I am happy with. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy with, even though we ended up losing by three, I am happy that we were able to do that because if you'd asked me if we could have done that earlier in the season, I'd have said no. I'd have thought that that would have beaten us down. Mm. And if you're going to end up winning any championships, you've got to be able to come back. Yeah. I think more than just saying the QBs had problems, though, I'd say it's our O-line. They didn't protect him. Your O-line yeah. is... It looks increasingly more of a concern, yeah, I will 18th say. 18th in pass blocking and 29th in run blocking. Yeah. And last year we were 4th and 12th. Yeah. And there's no real reason. Like, we've got we've got talent there. Carl Long, Charles Leno Jr. and Cody Whitehair were all pro bowlers. They've all sort of hit a cliff at the same time, which isn't good. From the Raiders' part, Josh Jacobs was absolutely amazing and he definitely deserves to be man of the match. Over 100 yards and three touchdowns. Ridiculous. Chargers 13, Broncos 20. We all thought the Chargers would win and Ed thought they'd draw. The Chargers are injury crippled, as only the Chargers can be. Yeah. And there comes to a certain point where that's going to start costing games. The Broncos aren't a good side, but finally got the sort of pass rush issues relatively sorted, even though Broncos mm. Chargers now out for the season. Um... Phil Rivers is still a great quarterback, but we're not going to throw to him. That's what happens. <laughs> I, I mean, he still has Keenan Allen, but Keenan Allen and dust. Yeah, you can double team Keenan Allen because no one else in the Chargers is going to present the threat. No. Well, but I think, honestly, they had Melvin Gordon came back after his holdout, and I think they thought he'd be able to just sort of step in, take over where Austin Eckler left off, and he just wasn't as good. Yeah. I wouldn't, he wouldn't be a starter next week. Well, yeah. The, the Chargers have got a real issue, which is... Uh, an issue that will affect most teams anyway, where if the quarterback is pressured, it yeah. results poorly. But the Chargers seem to be worse than anyone at this. Like I know that I've pointed out about how Lamar Jackson, if he gets pressured, can can sort of get a little bit sort of scared in the pocket and go a bit shonky, um, which attributed to three of our takeaways. But the Chargers are even worse at that. And it was like the Broncos got to him because their O-line is poor. So it's, you've got you've, you've got a, an issue where your O line cannot protect, and your play calling and scheming is trying to get you to throw deeper passes than you're able to set up time for, yeah. meaning that you're either throwing interceptions, getting sacked, or getting fumbles. Like the only game that the Chargers have looked good in this season was the Colts game. They didn't even look particularly great against the Dolphins. They've won two games, and one of them was the Dolphins, which is why they are not. A good team in any in any mm. regard and now melvin ingram's out it's it gets worse yeah well melvin gordon only didn't have any first downs yeah and 
uh, Austin Eckler did get 15 receptions, which was almost half of Philip Rivers' total completions. It'll him. most likely just be checkdowns, though, because of the fact that Phil Rivers will see that there's nobody open. Yeah. He'll see the pressure coming in, and he'll have already been hit a few times and think, well, fuck it. We've got Austin Eckler, who's sort of there, like, two yards away. I'll throw it to him, yeah. well, that's which is valid. but what ended up happening. Yeah. But if you do it every time, you're not going to get anywhere. Exactly, which is what the Broncos have rigorously found out that Captain Checkdown Joe Flacco is not a good quarterback. He looked semi-decent. He looked semi-decent, but this is against the Chargers team that's now starting an, an undrafted free agent at, yeah. at safety now that had never played a snap before, I believe. No, I mean, he played a snap in college. It's not like he got some guy off the street. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> but he wasn't exactly fucking good in college. I don't even remember his name, and that's that's the... That's the real heads and tails of it. Like, the Chargers are basically fielding what the Dolphins have got to offer, but at least the Chargers have got, like, decent coaching and a good quarterback. Cowboys 24, Packers 34. I was the only one that said the Packers. Purely based on the fact that Aaron Rodgers has just been notoriously good away with big teams for some reason. It just makes them step it up. Yeah. And he becomes, like, peak Aaron Rodgers again. Which he did. Which he did. There is much more discussion to be had about that game, I don't think, other than Aaron Rodgers played well. Aaron Jones, four-touchdown day for Aaron Jones. That is good-ass production. But, I mean, the the discussion now sort of lies more around the Cowboys, I think, because it's it's a matter of... The Cowboys have faced the Redskins, the Dolphins, uh, who was their week three game, the Giants, and then they have faced the Saints and the Packers. The first three, they won comfortably because of the weakness of their opposition and it made it look like the Cowboys were stronger than they are. Against the Saints they were poor and were held to Dak Prescott thought that they were overconfident. Yeah. He said he thinks that they uh, sniffed themselves a little too much. Yeah. He (laughs) had a Dak Prescott game. Yeah, he he had like an up and down yo yo of a game with some amazing passes like Toy Semyos for Ezekiel Elliott. But then he threw three interceptions, including one that was in the fourth quarter, which could have sort of helped turn it around for them, but obviously didn't. I have a slight point here to make about Dak Prescott. Do you, Ed, like Dak Prescott? As a quarterback? As, as, a, a, as, a, as a player? No. Okay, the only reason why I asked Ed is because he likes Ryan Fitzpatrick for basically the same thing that Dak Prescott does, but Dak Prescott is better at in, in terms of skill and talent. And I just wondered whether or not that, that sort of overlapped. Because I agree that Dak Prescott is somehow less interesting, but with similar attributes and more skill to Ryan Fitzpatrick. And it, you, it, it, it he seems less... But do you think that's because, like, Fitzpatrick is Fitzmagic because he goes from so bad to so good. Yeah. Whereas Dak is, like, not that great to kind of great. He doesn't reach the lows or the highs, so you're kind of like, eh... When, when Andy Dalton is benched this season for Ryan Finley, we're going to have to go on the Prescott scale. It's just not interesting to watch. Like Even when he's doing interesting things, you're a bit like, oh, he's not good enough to be considered in that top tier of quarterbacks. And I think more teams than ever have top tier quarterbacks, and the Cowboys especially should have top tier quarterbacks. Shall we move on? So the next game, in one that surprised everyone and that none of us got right... Uh, Chiefs 13, Colts 19. Wow, that Colts defence can really do some magic yeah. things at times. Both sides of the ball, the Colts looked like a yeah. team that weren't trash against the Raiders yeah. a week prior. Yeah, I mean, their offence does deserve credit too, alright, but we'd all argued that the Chiefs were the best offence in the game, so to be yeah. able to defend against that is a real achievement. Yeah, they defended from the front by not allowing the Chiefs' possessions. Yeah, yeah. Quentin Nelson's a special player, isn't he? Quentin Nelson is. I mean, me and Tom discussed this before the podcast. This podcast is just going to turn into us two gushing about an alignment, isn't it? God, a god. Yeah. You want him to be an MVP? Quentin Nelson is a generational talent. Quentin Nelson is already making a case for a Hall of Fame career, and he's played one season and four. uh, Sorry, six games this season. Yeah, he was ranked this NFL's second best guard. Who was he behind? I'm saying David DiCastro. No, it's the, it's, it is the guy from the Cowboys. It's um, Zach Martin. Zach Martin. Mahomes looked mortal because he hurt his foot. And for, for my benefit, for the benefit of the viewer, 
I hope that this injury is a short term because I just want to see what he can do. Yeah. There was a there was a video that Patrick Mahomes uh sort of quote tweeted. I'll retweet it on the Stiff Upper Lip Twitter for all of you guys to see but basically there's a i think it's just some guy playing with his friends and he does this like spin throw where he's like he spins and on his way back round he launches the ball and it goes about 60 yards it's an impressive throw patrick mahomes just tweets like i don't even know how you did that and i'm the guy that does stuff like this or something along those lines like it was but like patrick mahomes if he was to do that in a game i think nobody would question it no he does shit like this just for fun. He, he, I think if we talk about Quentin Nelson as a generational talent, Hammer Holmes may be... Well, we may have never seen a player like him. I don't think we have. No. I've not. I've, I personally haven't either. 49ers 31, Browns 3. Nick Bosa looks scary as shit. I especially like the callback to his college days where Baker Mayfield planted the flag in Nick Bosa's face uh, in, in, in college. So Nick Bosa, after sacking Baker Mayfield, does a faux, like, flag plan. It just, everything about Nick Bosa seems scary, and it's just like watching Joe Bo- uh, Joey Bosa is just, yeah. why, why, are, why are the Bosas, what, what's happened in that family to make two <laughs> unbelievable pass rushers? What happened to them? Who fed them steak every day for 19 years? Like, because they grew up in the same school. Like, yeah. Imagine the quarterbacks. Fucking hell. <laughs> Honestly. That's that's my question. Yeah, the the Browns were dreadful. Yeah. It was as poor, a, as poor a performance. But I don't think that this is on the Browns being bad as it is the 49ers' defence being unbelievable. See, I, I disagree with you. I think this is entirely on the Browns' feet. Well, no, the statistics of the of the 49ers' defence are scary. And sure, you can say, like, who who have they played? They played the Bucks, the Steelers, the Browns, the Bengals. But, like, the the defensive stats from, from the 49ers is still something to behold because they're the only team that's had better yards per play on average, is the New England Patriots, who've had an even easier schedule. This is all going to come out in the wash, but I just think that the 49ers aren't as good as their record suggests, especially on defense. On offense, yeah, I think they've got I think they've got the pieces there. Even though Jimmy Garoppolo's touchdown-to-interception ratio is frankly abysmal. Jimmy Garoppolo isn't great, but he doesn't need to be great for that team to win on offense and with the pass rush. The secondary is not great. The pass rush is brilliant. Don't get me wrong. Richard Sherman's a good yeah, cover corner. Not for everyone. No, but we were all wrong. By the way, we all predicted the Browns. Yeah, we did. Yeah, because um, we thought they were good. Yeah. No, I I don't think the 49ers are that great, but they didn't have to be to beat the worst Baker Mayfield performance. So I think the worst quarterback performance from last week. He was like, I get a lot of joy out of seeing the Browns lose. Yeah, but I don't get a lot of joy out of. No, but having when... to talk about it when the Steelers have been smothered by this defense as well, and did a better job, might I add? Can I can I raise a point? And it's that at the start of the season, I was so excited for a Cleveland Browns team that was good and competitive, and I've now grown to dislike this team. And it's not because they're not talented, because they are. But I really don't like the personality. No, yeah. I I completely agree with this. Baker Mayfield has got as. As fun as it was last season where he was like uh like trash talking people and like like I say in college when he planted the flag in Bose's face, it's like it's all it's all sort of there if you're winning. But if you start losing games where you can't make simple throws and, and you're not reading coverages yeah. at all well, it it look... comes across as though you're some stuck up arsehole. You just kinda look like a dick. You don't look like you're a confident quarterback, you look like an arse. Yeah. Add to that, OBJ is whining. Oh, honestly. OBJ is... I'm so glad that he fumbled, by the Although, way. Uh, that proved your... You know at the uh, We Made Season predictions early on? Yeah. One of Ed's was that OBJ would be the first player to cry. It was the, fir- it was the first player between me and Tom, because Tom said Eli would cry. Oh, yeah. OBJ would cry. Yeah, yeah. you were right. I OBJ like that. cried. Yeah. Good job on the prediction. Well, well done, Edward. <laughs> But you you did say that. that the Vikings would win the Super Bowl as well. Yeah, that was that's a big but, one. That's but, the big one right there. Yeah, it's not it's yet impossible. Bit. Yeah, <laughs> it's not yet even unlikely. Yes, it is. <laughs> 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 
Helmer Hits is a non-profit organisation on Facebook that is helping to further the culture of American football in the UK by contacting councils to get the sport into schools and by helping donate money to current teams so they can buy equipment and kits and anything that they might need. If you go onto their Facebook group, you can buy raffle tickets for £10 to win autographed jerseys and helmets. And for a limited time only, any time you enter a raffle, you will be automatically entered into a raffle to win tickets to any of the NFL UK games. So get on it now. Um, so... Can we go on to predictions? <laughs> no, no, we've still got... Patriots 35, that is Giants true. 14. Well, it's a Patriots game, so we just go. Right. Yeah, but we still are, need to mention it. There are important things here, um, being that the Patriots schedule has been the ridiculous. Most, oh, so piss easy. It's been the equivalent of a buffet. Shall I read it? it? Genuinely. So they played the Steelers, and that's at legit, Fox. Right at Foxborough, have... though. Because the Steelers' yeah. record at Foxborough in the Tom, Bra- uh, Tom Brady dynasty is we've still never won. Yeah, but that's not a piss-easy game. It's not Especially a piss-easy game, but also one, given had- that this is the Steelers who'd lost, Lev Bell, Antonio Brown were coming into a season with fresh offense ideas that have eventually all crumbled away because of the fact that various... But I that. think that's hindsight, because but- at the time, you said that you were fine with them not having Antonio Brown. And they still had Ben. Like, yeah. Ben wasn't injured yet. Yeah, no, but at the same time, like, and also our defence, like, our inside linebacker was a rookie about to play his first ever NFL snap. Like, an inside linebacker is an important position in a in a 4-3 defence. It's oh, not... I think I was right to say that it was definitely one of the two most challenging games. Yeah. Yeah. Like, whether you, whether you can argue it was very challenging or challenging. Well, yeah. Well, they've the, only had the, two in games that I would consider the... challenging, and that's one of them. Yeah. Uh, then they had Dolphins. Yeah. Jets, nothing. Bills, this the is other Jets. game. When Sam Donald gets a disease that has any NFL player ever contracted no, mono sure before a game. No, teenagers. No. Uh, Jets. Seems fishy. <laughs> Bills, who you would argue the only other challenging game, they won back that by six. Yeah. That wasn't a domination. They didn't do well that no. game either. Uh, Tom Brady Redskins. looked as mortal as possible. Yeah, then Redskins and now Giants. Then they've got Jets again and Browns. The hardest they've got coming up would be the Chiefs, but that's not till December. They're the... playing the Dolphins again. Got the Jets again. Bengals. Yeah, the other thing as well about the Redskins game is that Jay Gruden apparently, this is mostly rumour and I don't know how true these rumours are, but apparently he was well aware of the fact that he was probably on the way out, regardless of whether or not he won or lost in New England. So the team didn't train, they didn't practice. Oh, that's fucking stupid. It's stupid, yeah. yeah. It's not just you, Jay. Yeah, no. Genuinely, like, I don't know how true it was, but I heard big rumours that they they just skipped practices or, like, they just didn't try and he didn't give a shit. And, like, this is the week before the Patriots who were, well, at that point were sitting 4-0 after having the easiest schedule by win percentage. It's just so many suspicious things keep happening to New England. And also, while we're on the subject of suspicious things, do you know how... The roughing the passer against Oli Adeniyi got called. There was a awful example of New England don't get this shit, where I don't remember who it was that fell basically into the ankle of Daniel Jones. Oh, yeah. But it was a tackle where he ended up on the ankle of Daniel Jones. Nothing was called. They also had the pass interference that was reviewed after being incorrectly called not pass interference. They then reviewed it because it was pass interference. The guy literally pulled Golden Tate away from the ball. The referees then ruled it not pass interference. The exact same thing happened when the Steelers played the Seahawks and they rightly ruled it pass interference. It just seems like every time that there's a there's a call that's gone against the team elsewhere. Yeah. Well, the it ankle never thing, goes against um, the Patriots. That literally happened in the Bears Raiders game. Yeah. Khalil Mack like touched the ankle of a Raiders player and they yeah. were like, That's holding and they called him out for holding. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the Patriots have been getting light on penalties for years. I don't... Well no, yeah, we're well aware of this. Well like, also the because Patriots I think have... like the Brady of it all is very intimidating. 
Like, that hit that happened on Josh Allen, brutal hit on him, basically oh, yeah. nothing happened. If that had been Tom Brady, the NFL would have shat itself to, like, make sure that those people were punished. Well, do you remember, do you remember Tom Brady? the week that uh, the Jags played the Titans on Thursday Night Football? I know that this happens pretty much every year because, for some yeah. reason, ESPN absolutely loves Jags-Titans on Thursday nights. <laughs> but it happens basically every year. But note that that week... We saw a massive decrease in holding penalties, and it's because Tom, well, Tom Brady Brady tweeted about how it was unwatchable. Yeah. And he was turning the game off because of the holding penalties. That week is the only week where holding hasn't been an issue. Yeah. The NFL is bending over backwards to the New England Patriots, and I'm I'm now going to start a conspiracy theory. Well, because if the six and zero is ridiculous. If you think about it, the NFL is a business, and Tom Brady is their most lucrative product. Yeah. Tom Brady and the Patriots are the most lucrative product that they have, so they protect them way more than they'll protect like the Dolphins. Yeah, sorry, Taco Charlton's. Yeah, nobody's really complaining. Who cares? (laughs) So for last week. I was in London visiting my family and yeah. my brother, who knows nothing really about the NFL, uh, he also did predictions with us. Right. Based pretty much solely on the names of the teams. So I imagine the Dolphins lost. He beat Sam. Really? <laughs> and he tied with you. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Basically. What would actually win in a fight between the two locals? <laughs> <laughs> because for the last game... Because he was based solely on the names, which name he liked better, he picked the 49ers over the Browns. Uh, he was also the only one of us to pick the Broncos over the Chargers. None of us did. So scores on the doors for last week was Sam, who got five right and ten wrong. You and my brother, who got seven right and eight wrong. Yeah. Ed, who got eight right and seven wrong. And I got nine right and six wrong. So uh, Sam is 0 for 2. You are 2 for 2. Ed is 1 for 3. And I'm 3 for 1. Okay. Shall we... Because the games started already while we were recording, we figured it's not really fair to do our predictions when they're already a quarter of the way through, because yep. it's a bit too telling. So we'd done them already. Can you remember who you picked for all of them? I if cannot. If I read them. Okay. So for uh, Patriots-Giants, we all pick Patriots. For Buccaneers-Panthers, which has just finished, uh, Ed and I picked the Panthers and Tom picked the Bucks. Yep. Sam has not done any of his predictions yet, so I'm no, not he has including not. them. <laughs> Um, Which means that he's going to be o two and three. Yeah, because a lot of these are void now because we're already like into the game. Into the games for Dolphins Redskins, we've all picked the Redskins for Jag Saints. Me and Tom have picked the Saints, and Ed has picked the Jags. Surprise for Ravens Bengals, we've all picked the Ravens. Surprise for Browns Seahawks, we've all picked the Seahawks. Surprise. Uh, for Vikings Eagles, I've picked the Eagles. You and Ed have picked the Vikings. For Chiefs, Texans, we've all picked the Chiefs. Cardinals, Falcons, I've picked Falcons. You've both picked Cardinals. Good cards. For Rams, 49ers, we've all picked the 49ers. For Broncos, Titans, me and Ed have picked the Titans. Tom has picked a draw. For Jets, Cowboys, me and Tom have picked Cowboys. Ed has picked Jets. I'm going out on a limb with this one. Yeah, I think that... None of us get to do an explanation. We ain't ain't explaining ourselves. (laughs) I'm not explaining having a tie. <laughs> yeah. uh, for Chargers Steelers, I've picked the Chargers, Ed's picked a draw, and Thomas picked the Steelers. So for one of us, we'll get a point for that. It's going to be me. <laughs> and then Packers Lions, we've all picked the Packers. So that's that. We're very sorry about the fact that it's been like two and a half weeks since we actually did a proper recording. In fact, it's been longer, hasn't it, really, if you think about it. Oh no, two and a half weeks yeah, since we did like a proper like us three definitely. Weeks. Yeah, we've missed it. Because I've been in America and these two chaps have been in London, so it's yeah. been like nation's capital. Yeah, but um, normal service. Well, we love you and leave you, and the Vikings are up seven zero. Bye. Let's go Steelers. <laughs> In addition to this vanity project, Tom and I have also started on sort of vanity projects of our own. We'll be writing essays slash articles. To be honest with you, the, the main reason I'm doing this is so I don't spend quite so much time on Breath of the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and so you stop feeling as bad that 
you think that we're all doing more work into your project than you are. <laughs> yeah, Ed kind of was the one that had the main uh, idea behind doing this podcast and then feels kind of jealous because I do social media, Emma does all the editing and everything, and Sam is Sam. So, like... Well, Sa- Sam doesn't really do anything. Sam but doesn't it even Sam's, show up. No, it, it wasn't Sam's project, it was Ed's. No, we do love Sam. So, basically, you're sort of doing, like, a sports... You're, like, publishing um, articles about extra things that you want to talk more about that we can't really just talk focus solely on in the pod as yeah. much as you'd like. I mean, the main reason why I want to do it is because of the fact that uh, the social media definitely needs more things for me to spam. So... <laughs> Blog posts is ideal. Don't don't advertise it like it's um like it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. No, true. Yeah, like it's junk mail. In fairness, it, it, they are like Ed is gonna use his degree for something productive, and and Emma and I are both degree level in writing. We can get this done. I am not. I quit my A levels, but the one thing that I was doing well at was writing. There you go. You see, we've got the extracurriculars to succeed. We've already got two articles, so we will um, publish them staggered throughout y- the week. Yeah. Of course, the one that I've written is basically explaining all the points that I have made vigorously in various group chats across the land about how the Sealers are not a true 1 and 4 team and why we'll improve. I mean, they are in the truest sense that they have won 1 and lost 4 games. But if you read the article, you will see... All it was is just basically giving a little bit of a breakdown as to why the Steelers have started slowly. Um, yeah. It'll be the only one that I'm writing about the Steelers because... We need to I de- tap it somewhere. I don't want to have to talk about my team consistently. I want to talk about more teams like the Falcons. My essay this week is sort of more about the, the experience of being a fan of the NFL across the pond in a country that experiences the games in the middle of the night. Yeah, <laughs> I think that they'll be interesting. Do you want to call them like articles? Or do you want to call them blog posts? I think they're blog posts. I like essays. I think mine are going to have Oh, okay. So, Ed- oh, okay. so Ed's, Ed's, po- Ed's posting think- like scriptures. Yeah, I think this is the thing like... <laughs> this may be my magnum opus. So Ed, every time that Ed makes one of these, it's called an essay. Every time that you make one of them, it's an article, I'm going to presume, because you don't care as much as Ed about making it into a magnum opus, Charlie Brooker-esque <laughs> anthology. I don't know if I'm even going to do it. I don't think she will. Okay. And <laughs> I'm got- enough to be doing. And I'm going to be doing blog posts we do need to go watch some football football Sunday Sunday seven hours of continuous football with John Maiden groovy let's forever to play (laughs) the football is officially going on forever